Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us about Genesis 4.26 transformation, in which we all can recognize our frailty, weakness, and then begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program, is a Jewish born-again Christian and founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, a Jewish evangelism ministry reaching the most lost people group in the world, the Jewish people. Now, Tom Cantor has this radio program to edify you as the believer, but also to encourage you to reach lost Jewish people around you, your coworkers, your neighbors, maybe a family member, a friend, or maybe even a Jewish Israeli who's working in one of the malls during Christmas and Hanukkah time selling products at kiosks like curling irons and Dead Sea Salts. So help us reach lost Jewish people and support this Bible teaching radio program with your gift of any amount today, or we'll send you a free gift to reach your lost Jewish friend. Either way, call us at 800 247 3051-800-247-3051. Now here is Tom Cantor. Man can only find his eternal life in God. Apart from God, he doesn't have any eternal life. He says, John 17, 3, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, be connected, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Man can only find his life purpose, his purpose in life, in God. Apart from God, he doesn't have any purpose in life. As it says in Job twelve twenty five, they grope in the dark without light. So by naming his son in us, or mortal or weakness, Seth wanted his son to know for all of his life, you never forget the fact you are mortal, you are frail, and you are weak. And therefore, you need to run to the one who said in John fifteen fifteen, I am the vine. And in us, you're the branch. You are the branches. And he that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Because in us, in and of yourself, apart from God, without me, just like the line of Cain, without God, for without me, you can do in us nothing. Because you're mortal, because you're frail, because you're weak. Just like when Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12.10, he said, I'd take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am in us, when I am weak and frail and mortal, he says, then I'm strong. Now, why was he saying, why did Paul say, when I am weak, when I am in us, I'm strong? Why? Because that's the only way we see God. We don't see God until we know that we are in us that we are mortal and weak. We are very good at tricking ourselves. We deceive ourselves. God said, you got a big problem, God the physician. He says, your big problem is your heart. Because he says, your heart is deceitful. Well, how deceitful is it, God? Above all things. And it's wicked. Well, how wicked is it, God? Desperately wicked. He says, desperately wicked. And so we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're strong, we're bulletproof, we're smarter than the average bear, and that's a problem. And so what do you do when you really have that disease of self-deception? You pray the prayer of David, king of Israel, in Psalm 39.4 when he said, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. That's the key, is to pray that prayer. I got the problem, Lord. Make me know mine end, how many days I have left, and how frail I am. So, 
If we were to interview in us and ask him the same thing that we asked Cain and Abel and Seth, it might go like this. So tell me, Enos, what does your name mean? And what's the background of how your dad, because his dad chose his name, has chose the name for you? And Enos would say, my name means mortal. My name means weakness and frailty. Why? Because my dad always wanted me to remember how mortal, how weak, and how frail I am. So I'd never forget, I need God. I must have God. I want to be on the group that's with God. And by Seth naming his son Enos, a practice started from that point. That practice would characterize the godly seed on earth. It would show the difference between the godly seed and the ungodly seed. You could walk into hometown buffet and you watch the people who bow their heads to thank God, and you'll say, that's the practice right there. There it is, right there. And you watch all the other people just sit down, eat their food. That's the difference. There's a practice that started here, and it's called the practice of beginning to call on the name of the Lord. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on the Friendship with God radio program in just a moment. We want to remind you that all of Tom Cantor's messages on Friendship with God are free by going to our website, friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, also available on iTunes.com by searching for the Friendship with God podcast, and it's all made available free because of your support to the Friendship with God radio program, which allows us to stay broadcasting on this station in this city, and we need your support, whether one-time or monthly donation to continue airing this Bible teaching radio program, this Old Testament teaching radio program. We want to encourage you to continue to support or start supporting the Friendship with God radio program with Tom Cantor. And you can do so by calling us now or after the program at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Any donation of $10 or more, and we'll send you two great resources from Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher. To call, that's the Hebrew word kara, upon the name of the Lord. Since this is the practice of the godly seed, this is our practice that characterizes us from the ungodly seed, that it's very important for us to know what does that mean in Genesis 4.26 when it says, then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. Because that word began in Genesis 4.26, means to begin. It means to start. It's like a transformation. It wasn't happening before then. And this was the point where it now starts to occur. And we call this the great Genesis 4.26 transformation. Because this happened in the line of man, Seth's line. It happens to every single believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Genesis 4.26 transformation when we as individuals begin to call upon the name of the Lord and that's what happens at our salvation. That's how we're saved and that's what starts a practice throughout the rest of our lives of doing this. So what does it mean to call? What does it mean, kara, upon the name of the Lord? Kara is a universal word. 
In this particular context, it has a, in other words, when I say universal word, it's used in many places many times. But in this particular context, it has a particular meaning. And that's what we want to probe out. That's what we want to investigate. Because God wants us to know this particular meaning of this word kara. So to see this particular meaning, we investigate in Scripture and watch the word just come alive for us. And so we look at a few other places where kara is used. Now here we have Potiphar's wife. And she's giving her testimony. I swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. The only trouble was she didn't. But nevertheless, she gives her testimony in Genesis 39, 14 through 15, and where she said, Then she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me. And I cried, Kara, with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, Kara, that he left his garment with me, fled, and got him away. That gives us the particular meaning of the word kara here in Genesis 4.26. Then men began men to call upon the name of the Lord. It doesn't just mean, you know, well, where's God's phone number? I'll just give him a call. That's not what it means. It means crying out like a woman when she is violated. Now let's look at another case. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, the word's used, and it says, The voice of him that crieth kara. In the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. How do you cry in the wilderness? But if you're bringing the message, that great message to the Jewish people that the Messiah God has come, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's their God, then you cry out, you kara. Like it says in six verses later, when it says, O Zion that bringest good tidings, get thee up into a high mountain. And O Jerusalem that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up, be not afraid, kara, say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. When you kara out that message, you get into a high mountain, you lift up your voice with strength, and you kara out, behold your God, here's your God right here. That's the meaning behind the word in Genesis 4.26, then began men to call on the name of the Lord. That's the same word that's used for how people are saved. In Joel 2.32, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall kara, shall call on the name of the Lord. That's the same phrase as in Genesis 4.26. Shall be delivered or saved, as it says in Acts 2.21. So when you're desperate, you picture yourself in a lifeboat at sea, and you see a ship in a distance out there, what do you do? Do you just say, you know, help, I'm over here, save me. You know, you cry out the top of your lungs. That's what it means. That's the Joel 2.32 particular meaning for this word. And that's what it means. It's a transformation that takes place. This Genesis 4.26. My name is now Enos. My name is now frail and mortal and weak. Color me that way, because that's how I color myself. Then they begin to call on the name of the Lord, and not until then. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, he did a big, great teaching on this, this particular meaning of kara and calling on the name of the Lord in Luke 11, 5 through 10. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight? Think about that, at midnight. Go unto him at midnight. My wife and I have all these conversations 
because we live on the West Coast, and I'm trying to call somebody on the East Coast, and I say, do you think she'll mind? It's like, you know, 7 at night in San Diego. It's like 10 at night. Is that okay? And, of course, my wife always says, no, it's not okay. You can't call then. <laughs> this is midnight, okay? <laughs> this is worse. And says unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. <laughs> okay. Read my lips. <laughs> he says, the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise. And the Lord said, he's not coming. <laughs> he give him because he is his friend. He won't come because he's his friend. That's what God says. But he says, because of his importunity, because of his importunity, he'll rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, keep on asking, it'll be given to you. Keep on seeking, it shall be given to you. Knock, and it'll be opened unto you. Because he that keeps on finding, and so everyone, for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that receiveth findeth, him that knocketh shall be opened. So here's a man. He has an unexpected visitor. He has nothing to give his visitor to eat. The stores are closed. The man needs three loaves of bread from his neighbor for his unexpected visitor. And he will not take no for an answer. He will not be turned away. It doesn't matter that it's midnight. He's going to get that bread. It doesn't matter that the lights are out next door. He's going to get that bread. It doesn't matter that his neighbor is yelling from inside, leave me alone and stop making trouble. He's going to get that bread. It doesn't matter that he's waking up the whole neighborhood. He's going to get that bread. It doesn't matter his neighbor is yelling to him. The door's locked. We're already in bed. I cannot get up and give him. He's going to get that bread. And I have a son like that. (laughs) so i know wherein i speak (laughs) and that's why he's in charge of sales at our company because he's not going to take no from an answer just this last week abbott laboratory so he wants he wants to get them to come out and so he goes there makes a video shows them you know come out to takati and see our facility down there and they say well maybe we'll come so what does he do he goes down to the kitchen down there in takati and has them make up according to his taste the best salsa three different types that they can make the best chorizo the best chips tastes the whole thing patches up send it over there fedex overnight and puts a note that says for the rest of the meal you have to come to takati <laughs> and if they don't, they'll be the next round. Because he won't take no for an answer. And this man will not take no for an answer. So the neighbor gets up, gives him as much bread as he wants. He says, take it all. Just leave me alone. Why? Because that man carod out. Because he kept on asking. He kept on seeking. He kept on finding until he broke down the resistance of his neighbor. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ said he got the bread because of his importunity. So the Yiddish definition is two words for importunity. Chutzpah, which means nerve, and nudge, which means nudge. (laughs) Because it took a lot of nerve for that man to bang on the door at midnight, wake everybody up, and uh, that's a picture of Karah. That's a picture of Genesis 4-9. Then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. Because that word means you break through all the barriers with your chutzpah and your nudging, and you don't stop. A mother has just lost her son. 
uh, and she was old, and she never should have had a son in the first place because she was infertile. But the prophet Elijah said she's going to have a son, and she had a son. And now this son goes out one day, he gets a headache and dies. And she's absolutely desperate. She thinks to herself, if he told me I was going to have a son when I shouldn't have a son, he can bring the son back to life. And so she doesn't tell anybody. She's got the karab burning inside of her. And she goes in 2 Kings 4, 7, 27, when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. And the man of God said, let her alone. Her soul is vexed. That's a picture of a desperate woman about to be thrust away by Gehazi. But in desperation, she clings because she's got it. She's got the meaning of Genesis 4.26 that then began man to kara upon the name of the Lord. And at that moment, she had the Genesis 4.26 transformation. And her name became Enos. And she knew that she was mortal and weak and frail. And then she began, as a Jewish mother, to call and kara upon the name of this prophet, Elijah, upon the name of the Lord. There was a mother whose daughter was so hopelessly possessed with the devil, the devil and her daughter probably threw her daughter down into uncontrolled fits and seizures, tyrannical seizures. When the mother would look into the eyes of her daughter, she would say, that's not my daughter. That's another person in there. And she was possessed with the devil. And that mother felt so in us, so mortal, so frail, so helpless, so weak. And she had been to all the doctors. She had been to all the exorcists. And no one was able to get that devil out of her daughter. And she was so desperate, there was only one problem. She heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, that he'd healed so many. But the problem was, she was a hated Canaanite. She wasn't Jewish. And so what does this mother do? She realizes, I've only got hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she can't stand it to see it any longer. And so even though she's from a hated people, she presses through to break through the Jewish crowd. And in Matthew 15, 22, it says, Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried. She got it. She got the kara and saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. She got the calling on the name of the Lord part. This Gentile woman has broken through the press of the Jewish people. They're all looking at her in absolute amazement, but she's so desperate that she goes through the Genesis 4.26 transformation. And she calls on the name of the Lord. And she doesn't just say, excuse me, um, I know I'm not supposed to be here. Would you just have mercy on me, thou son of the name? She doesn't do that. She cries out. She karas out. And her kara out is heard that the Jewish disciples, in verse 23, when he didn't answer a word, the disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she kara after us. She's crying after us. And Rabbi Jesus, he looks at that, and he says, perfect, perfect. Now, he could have just said, your daughter's healed, go away. He didn't do that, because he said, the classroom has been set. The stage is now ready. He said, I will teach my people the truth of Genesis 4.26. I will teach them what they don't have, the kara. I'll show them now. And so he says, one thing i got to teach you here. He's thinking to himself, one thing i got to teach them. i got to teach them the truth of Isaiah 29, 13. For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, but their lips do honor me, but they have removed their heart. They don't have any kara from me, far from me, he said. So Rabbi Jesus, he steps up there and he says, let the lesson begin. And he says to them in verse 26, 
He answered and said, It's not meat. It's not appropriate to take the children's dead and cast it to dogs. This one was just called the dog. So, she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Perfect. He said, he didn't say perfect. He said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou, as thou wilt. Her daughter was made whole from the very hour. He just put a big barrier in front of that woman by calling her a dog. And that woman said, you can call me whatever you want. I'll kara over every barrier you put in front of me. I'll get there. Because she got it. And she had the Genesis 4.26 transformation. She said, color me frail, mortal, and weak. Because I'm going to kara right over every barrier that you put in front of me. And she did. And that was the time when the Lord Jesus Christ then could look to his own people and said, she got it. How come you don't get it? She had the Genesis 4.26 transformation. She saw herself as mortal, frail, and weak, and therefore she called on my name. Why not you? What's wrong with you? He didn't say it that way. But that's what he maybe wanted to say. Anyway, but she got it. That was the sense that Jacob, he was looking at his angry brother Esau. The last thing he heard about Esau 25 years ago was that he was comforting himself with the thought of killing Jacob. How shall I kill him? Let me count the ways. You know, he was just like that, you know. And this made him comfort, right? And he knew that. And it's 25 years later, and he hears that they're going to have a reunion, and Esau is coming with 400 men. 400 to 13, 1 plus 12 sons. And I don't know how well they can fight. Anyway, 400 swords are coming down the road. And Jacob meets the Lord Jesus Christ at night. And before that meeting, at that meeting, he wrestles with him all night long. He's got a thigh out of joint. Boy, he's ain't us. He's weak, mortal, and frail. He's got a thigh out of joint. And it says in Genesis 32, 26, that Jacob says, that he said, the Lord said, let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob, he said, I will not let thee go unless thou bless me. He had the kara. And that statement, I will not let thee go. That's the meaning. And at that moment, Jacob has his Genesis 4, 26 transformation. And he sees himself so weak, and he calls him the Lord. And God said, you got it. He says, you got it. We're going to memorialize it. We'll have a name change here, a ceremony of a main name change. Before you were Jacob, today you're Israel. Why? Because you got the Genesis 4, 26 transformation. He says, you got power, like a prince, with God and man. So the question is, do we all have the Genesis 4, 26 transformation? Have we all come to see our weakness, mortality, and frailness? If I don't see it, I'll get another diagnosis. Have we all come to see that? And have we all embraced it like it was our name in us? To the point where we know about ourselves what it says in Revelation 3.17. Knowest thou not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked? And then we take the next step of the Genesis 4.26 transformation, which is the Revelation 3.20. We hear the voice... We open the door. He comes in. He sups with us, us with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, giving us the experiences of life that bring us to this Genesis 4.26 transformation that make us see we are in us, that make us begin and carry out throughout our lives 
not just to casually call, but to kara out to you on the name of the Lord, calling on the name of the Lord. Help us, we pray, and help those with whom we come in contact with also to help them to have this, this transformation that they might see themselves mortal, frail, and weak and call on the name of the Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Another powerful message from Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher, teaching us about the Genesis 4.26 transformation in which we all can recognize our frailty and weakness and then begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Great teaching here, and if you enjoy this Bible teaching radio program with Tom Cantor, we need your support, monthly or one time, by calling us at 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. If you enjoy the Friendship with God radio program, And any donation of $10 or more, we will send you these two great resources from Tom Cantor, our Jewish born-again Bible-believing teacher here on Friendship with God. His two writings on how a Jew learned the true meaning of Christmas, a great gift to give out to anybody, Jew or Gentile, at Christmas or Hanukkah time. And also, how a Jew came to know and put his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, a great account of his personal testimony and struggle to come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, two great resources from Tom Cantor. Any donation of $10 or more, we'll send these to you for your support of the Friendship with God radio program. So call us at 800 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. And remember, Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries has free gifts to give to lost Jewish friends or people that you know, or even Israelis that are in the mall selling gifts at Christmas and Hanukkah time that you run into. So if you know of a lost Jewish person or Israeli working in a mall and you need a gospel gift to give to them, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, or we have an online form at friendshipwithgod.org that you can fill out. Friendshipwithgod.org for more information or to donate and support this Bible teaching radio program. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God.